Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. So we're going to talk about optimal sex or orgasms. What's the goal in our sex life? Yeah, we talk about orgasms a lot. Yeah. I guess a sex, I guess a sex therapy podcast <laughs> should talk about orgasms a lot. We should. Uh, we should. Right now, though, what I'm thinking about is lunch. You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking about lunch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not thinking about orgasms right now. And you're thinking about pressing lunch. need is lunch. Is food. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm fasting. Yesterday was a uh, fasting. Today's an eating day. Today's an eating I'm, day. I'm doing this new thing to lose weight and to get healthy. Actually, it's called alternate day fasting, and basically you eat every other day. Well, but you get to eat kind of what you want on the other day. That, that doesn't sound so much like a, a diet to me, Lori, as it does a torture device invented by really, really mean people. Right? And in fact, I think that's what that's what they do to that's, prisoners of war. That's the, right. The they just feed them every other day. So, congratulations on that. <laughs> that sounds that sounds um, terrible. Yeah, no, it's it's really interesting. I mean, it's really changed the way I kind of feel about food. I've been doing this for a while. My some some other members of my family are doing it, and it's it's really an interesting mindset. Yeah. yeah. Which was not the actual word I was going to use. Mind. Mind something else. Set. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Um, okay, but we're talking about sex, and so I got to get my myself back in here. Right? Yeah. Okay. I think that you know a lot of times people are goal oriented, and this comes from a woman who wrote about it. Her name was Peggy Kleinplatz, and she wrote it in a chapter in this book I read on sex therapy called Is This All? And it's, it's kind of a critique of sex therapy, that oftentimes sex therapists become mechanics, right? They're trying to fix erections. They're trying to help people have orgasms. Yeah. And, and she says, really, we need to be life coaches, we need mm. to help people find optimal sex, not just mechanically perfect sex, but but optimal sex is something else. Because she's saying or, orgasm, the focus on orgasm a lot of times misses the mark. It does. Right? With, yeah. Well, for sex, and if, if, if you're just focused on yeah, orgasm. It, right. If you're focused on orgasm, it can kind of create pressure, right? Like, well, did you have an erection that could sustain... 
you know, was sustained for adequate penetration, you know, mm. and it's like, ah, you know, right. it, it became, you become tinkers rather than people. Right. Yeah. The, the, the You're talking encounter, about body parts. Yeah, the encounter doesn't become centered on accomplishing something rather than rather than connection. And so it does create a lot of pressure for the outcome of that situation to be orgasm. And if it's not, then it's gone wrong or something has. Uh, and it builds the pressure again for the next sexual encounter as well, because you've got all of this weight stacked on, well, we didn't orgasm last time, so we have to make sure orgasm happens this time. Right, and if you didn't orgasm, that means it was a bad encounter. Mm. You know, I mean, there's like a meaning that's associated it when you become focused on climax as the big deal. Right, especially if one partner has an orgasm and one doesn't. Exactly. Right? Then, especially if that goes on. But, yeah, yeah. That, if that continues, but it becomes lopsided as there's disappointment on one side. It becomes imbalanced in that situation. Right? right, and I think that if people, you know, one of the things she says is that ironically, the more, the longer we're with people and the longer and the more technically proficient we become with each other's bodies, we short circuit eroticism and often move straight to the technical goal. Well, let's mm. just have an orgasm. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's crazy, but technical proficiency is something that can short circuit optimal sex. Mm. You know, because you become you you know, when you're first together it's it's something else, right? Eroticism mm. is forgiving of many technical difficulties. Yeah. You know, it's or kind it's, of it's more curious, right? It's more exploratory. It's, it's more, more exploratory. It's more present focused, right? You're more in the moment. When you start getting focused on on whether an orgasm is going to happen or getting focused on all those technical components, like then then it takes you out of yourself, right? Yeah, I hear you talking. Right. I hear you talking about this with this happens with women a lot of times as well that it can take them out of the actual moment or remove them from that, and it probably can do that for men too. Right. Mm -hmm. You mean when they are erotic or when they're not erotic? When they're not erotic. Yeah, I mean, a woman can perform. She can get lubricated. She can lay there. She can maybe even have an orgasm. But she might not be present. Like, her mind might not be present. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of study done on pornography, right? That women's bodies lubricate and get aroused when they watch pornography. But they don't push the button that says, I'm aroused. Like their soul is not necessarily aroused. They don't. Mm. They don't feel subjectively sexual sometimes, mm. uh, which is you know really different. I like that word optimal. I like, but I also like the idea that it's not. It's not fully alive. It's not fully connected. It's not full. It's not where it doesn't. It doesn't feed the relationship at that point, right? It just becomes. It just becomes disconnected sex. Sure. Right? Which I mean, you, again, like you said, pornography. Anybody can do it. Yeah, can have disconnected can have disconnected sex. Yeah, right. and I mean, I think there's a whole culture out there of young people proving that unconnected sex and hookups is entirely possible. Yeah. You know that they can have sort of a physiologically exciting experience without anything that's meaningful. But I just wonder what this is doing over the long haul, and that's mm. we're really what talking to couples who who are already committed and connected. Well, it it definitely. I mean, it, it, there's it's relevant though because I think what it does is it delays the ability to be connected. Yeah. Right. And so I think those same people that are participating in 
in hookup culture or, or participating in just a physiological experiment experience that feels mm-hmm. good, mm-hmm. That, that doesn't experience any emotional connection, they're kicking the can down the road. And they, they say that they want... They're to, delaying commitment. They're de, they're de, well, they're delaying commitment, but that's what they often will say that they eventually want. Mm-hmm. They not, they're not just kicking it down the road and saying, I don't want it until I'm in my mid-30s, mid to late 30s. It's not, it's not that kind of delay that I mean. I mean, they're delaying their ability to have it. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not maturing in a way that is going to get them to that point. Right, because commitment means we learn how to give. Mm-hmm. And in a hookup, we don't necessarily give. Yeah. And I would say completely biased in terms of the male perspective that men are getting way more out of it than women. Because they're getting orgasms, and yeah. about only 10% of women even have orgasms. Yeah. So anyway, one of the poor results of participating in sex that is unconnected is over time we lose desire. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just showing up in your body and you don't feel your partner deeply connected to you, you know, both genders actually, it's like that mechanical sex over the long haul doesn't give us the sense of I want to keep doing it because there's something richer. There's Mm. something richer than just an orgasm. Yeah. It it kind of dies on the vine, so to speak. Yeah. Right. Because it's not, there's not, there's nothing that's being cultivated that's good there that's going to help it grow and develop and evolve. Right. And I know all you sexual pursuers out there are like listening and starting to, this is like wetting your appetite going, yeah, yeah, there's, there's more here, and I want more, and I'm, I'm going to tell my partner that we need to strive for optimal sex, you know, and set the bar even higher. I, you know, and I would just speak to you that hear these things as we talk over the next section about what optimal sex is, and, and think about how does sex become meaningful yeah. to your partner, because you don't want to repressure them with some new idea because what, what you're saying there right is that optimal sex isn't necessarily more frequent sex no right it's no. not it's not that it's your the number of times that you're doing it per day goes up no right or it's per... more connected sex mm-hmm. and and the research actually shows that both men and women rate sex better when they feel connected right like that it's not it's not about frequency their sex life they rate as higher if they feel connected during sex to their partner. Yeah, that's that really begins to change. I think if we we move away from orgasm is the goal, sex, mm-hmm. um, I, that that does begin to redefine it for us, right? I mean, we, we it, it's a shift. You're talking about the the mindset of shifting away from thinking about food as <laughs> as you're talking about in on your your diet slash um, blogging. Um, <laughs> But it's it's a shift in our mindset, a shift in how we think about sex and how we have kind of integrated that into our relationships, right? right. We've taken that that mindset and, and put it and imposed it on our relationships, and it has it has been and can be very damaging if we don't begin to re-examine that and shift that. Right. I mean, I think if you're thinking about connection, like I often hear the complaint from the man who says, you know, I really want her to be in it. I really want her to want sex as much as I do. And, and I get that. I, I do get that drive and that wish. But let's just say it's an ordinary couple that has more secure attachment. And, you know, she doesn't want an orgasm that night, but she wants to meet his needs. She wants to be with him. You know, I think that's okay to let her offer that up and to acknowledge that 
one of the things she gets out of sex is a feeling of intimacy and connection. She likes the physical connection. She may not be in the mood for the orgasm. And I think it's a mind blower for a man who can't even imagine sex without an orgasm. Yeah. That's a mind blower. And, and somehow or another he downregulates like or he denigrates, you know, the quality of that encounter. And and then he unfortunately he shoots himself in the foot because, you know, she may be really He's, he's not saying that what she values is important. Mm, yeah, it's just getting things in the right order. And you tell me if I'm wrong in this, but like you said, shooting himself in the foot, when the pursuit is connected sex and optimal sex over just having an orgasm, it seems like frequency then is probably going to go up. It right? does. It does. And, and intensity and is going to go up, and it's going to be overall. Because inhibitions go be down. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Exactly. It's, Okay. okay, so let's come back and describe optimal sex in the next half. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Dory Watson, couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Wanting Sex Again How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist Lori Watson. Each chapter is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido, from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems. Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype. I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique and that combination together helps marriages be happy improve your sex and improve your relationship with awakening center for couples and intimacy find out more at awakenloveandsex.com awaken what's possible it is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again. Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling. I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs, look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room. Schedule today and rediscover hope. You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthews with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. Okay. We're back talking about optimal sex in this half. And what, Lori, is optimal sex? What do we mean, um, or what does um, this writer mean, Peggy, mean when she is talking about optimal sex? Okay, so she basically did a study of people who had been longtime sexual partners who described their sex life as optimal, as truly meaningful, deep, erotic. Okay, so she took, you know, she learned from these longtime lovers 
about how they describe their sex life as optimal. Mm. Uh, and she's moving away from the mechanical, orgasm-focused sex. And basically says opt- people who are having optimal sex are present. Mm. They're present in the moment. They're like immersed in that experience. So I get I get a lot of people, I use that term a lot, right? That we want to be present in the moment. So yeah. how do you define that? Like how do you make that practical for people? Because I get a lot of people that say, what do you mean by that? You know, I think just as a woman, it's like letting go of the list. Mm. You know, forget about all the stuff that you have to do. Like mm. let yourself be in pleasure right there. Like I, I think it's a mindfulness, right? Mm. I am in the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think that's really hard, but yeah. but I think that that's the way you can enjoy it the most. Yeah. If we want to have hot sex, we want to enjoy it to the fullest, and and you gotta be embodied. You gotta be in your body. Yeah, I, I like to think of it in terms of the I'm not dwelling on mistakes of the past or things that have happened in the past. I'm not worried about what's going to happen in the future. Not right? anxious. I, I'm not anxious about what's going to happen. I'm I'm focused on what is in front of me at the moment. Right. And in the moment, this that's moment. my that this moment, that's my partner. It's like yeah. all I got is right this second. Yeah, that's everything. Yeah. So I think another aspect is like a sense of connection mm. that people sync up, that they have a merger with their partner. So yeah. it's very specific. It's I am with you. Right. You know, it is I am looking at my partner, seeing them, being with them, be, being with this particular person. My partner, my spouse. Yeah, it, well, and I think some some people might they might say that is what sex is. Sex is a physical merging. So what more are we looking for then in that in that connection that we're talking about? And I tend to think about it in terms of the the ability to that I know my partner and that I allow myself to be known by them as well, right? Is I that, think it, so. It, that's, that's, that's the intimacy part of yeah. uh, of sexual intimacy, right? That's the, the knowledge of the other person. Right? I, I, I think this connection is, like you talked about, vulnerability. It's a nakedness emotionally as mm. well as physically. Yeah. Know, it's, it is being there with that person. I had somebody describe it to me once, and I've, I've loved it, and I, I probably can't do it justice, but... Um, she said that with her partner, it was like they were literally one body. Mm-hmm. You know, like he was so attuned to her that he could feel her response to something he was doing as he was touching her. And he could also feel the lack of response. So that attunement guided the touching. You know, it was like they were, they were deeply connected to each other. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I think that. that's, yeah, I, I think that's it. So I think that emotional, sexual and erotic intimacy means mutual respect, caring, and acceptance. So it comes within a relationship that is intimate, harmonious, right? Yeah. Well, and I think Respectful. it's something. I think it's something we know when we experience it, mm-hmm. right? You know when you're detached from something, when you're just going yeah. through the motions. You know when something, when you're just you're not involved in what is happening in front of you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, your mind is somewhere else. So I think that, that that a lot of that is, you know, when there's mutual respect, you know, when things are deep, when you feel, when you feel that connection versus when you're just going through the motions there, right? Yeah. And I think that that erotic intimacy, like we're not going to, in the midst of a deeply connected you know, moment, challenge our partner to do something that we know they're, they're uncomfortable with. 
Mm. I mean, overall, I, of course, I think we, we do want to be ever expanding our erotic repertoire. Mm. But like in the moment of deep connection, you know, when you shift up and you ask for something that you know they don't want to do, it's like we're in sync, right? Yeah, you're not being self, you're not you're, just looking out for yourself. Sync. Right. You're looking to make a mutual experience that is good. Um, so she also describes extraordinary communication. Mm. So this is, I think, what you've talked about, people who are uninhibited. They are very explicit about what they want. She uses this example of telling a sex therapist, like, oh, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z, versus how that person might tell their lover, you know, like, and I want you to touch me in this way, with this kind of pressure, at this time, and I want to fantasize out loud about this sort of scenario. I mean, it's like really rich, mm. really deep, rich communication, I think, yeah. is what makes sex exciting because you're you're opening up your mind to the, the contents of your erotic mind to the other mm. without shame. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what I, you're not, I really you're not like in, it. You're not embarrassed by those by those things yeah, that you want, by what right? You and and you're about. you're willing to you're willing to share that. And I, I think in terms of the balance of safety, there's also a sense of risk that people who have optimal sex over the arc of their sex life, not necessarily mm -hmm. in the one moment, but over the arc of their sex life, they see it as an adventure. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's something to be explored. Their body is a playground. Hmm. What is that song? Her, her your body, body is a wonderland. Yeah, your body is a wonderland. Yeah, yeah I love that. Yeah. And there's authenticity. Hmm. You know, people are who they are. They're real. They're genuine. They say what they really think. Hmm. Um, versus, I think many people get caught up in trying to please the other. Hmm. And so they don't counterbalance that with who they are. Yeah. You know, they're nervous. Yeah. You know, they're, they're too much in the other space. They're not in that place of, I'm in my body, and it's okay to be ruthless. I know you want me to use your body. That's what ruthlessness is, right? Like the, the assurance that our partner wants us to use their body because we're both in it, you know, for that. So yeah, that makes me think, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say, I, I think that that, remind, that connects for me to the idea of the adventure, right? Because I think when you say authenticity or you need to know yourself a lot of people don't know who they are mm -hmm. and they don't know what who they are sexually they don't know what they like sexually um, not fully right especially mm -hmm. when they're focused right. on the when they're focused on pleasing the other person sure or getting something or making something happen in that moment or you're a woman and the culture tells you you're not supposed to fantasize about mm. sex right? yeah and so i think if you if you find yourself in that place where you don't know who you are you don't know how to be authentic that's part of the adventure Mm -hmm. Is finding your authentic self with your partner and admitting that, like many, like I don't know if I know exactly what I want here, but let's let's go find it and let's see see what yeah. it looks like. Let's, I love that. That's great. And you're vulnerable. I mean, vulnerability is the key, right? Yeah. You know, is to Appreciate to just about everything in relationship. It's it's the key to how we communicate better. We talk from a, a, an I place, you know, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm needing. Mm -hmm. um, we stay soft versus blaming and criticizing. And then this, I think, is the end state of optimal sex. But she says it's a sense of transcendence. Huh. It's like somehow or another two people in the sexual moment become bigger than themselves, right? Yeah. It's bliss and peace and, you know, satisfaction. 
and healing, I and think, healing. too. Yeah, it is. I think that's it's where, oneness. Yeah, in that relationship, that's where, that's the power of relationships. That's why we keep coming back to them. Absolutely. Right? That's why we come back to those committed relationships, the relationships that we want to stay in. That's why we desire them so, I think. Yeah. Because of that, I like that 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 it's bigger than our it's bigger than ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's not just about one or the other. It's about us together, and that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Right, and I, I think this is why we get into relationship. Right, mm-hmm. living life in a partnered way is a better way to live. Yeah, you know, it's not only that we have better sex because you cannot have transcendent sex in a hookup. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, you can have a really exciting moment, but you can't have it. You can have a big orgasm. With, you can have a big orgasm. Yeah. You know, but can you have bliss and peace and contentment? I think that hookups by their very nature is about wanting more, wanting the bigger pop. Yeah. You know, it's not about the satisfaction that comes when you're with a, a you know, a partner who loves you. Yeah. And, and you're creating something in a life and in that moment together. You know, giving yourselves to each other is an amazing moment. And you can't find that any, we can't find that anywhere else. Yeah, you can't find that. And and that's something, I mean, we're, we were talking, she was talking to lifelong lovers here. People who had struggled, you know, people who were real, people who had gone through something. And then they're describing a sex life where they think of it as extraordinary. Mm-hmm. You know, those were the people she looked for for the study to talk, to learn from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that, you know, when we're going through earlier marital struggle or partnership struggle, and we think, ah, oh, you know, am I ever going to get there, right? Am I ever going to get to this place where I have vulnerable, open, transcendent sex? You know, it feels like a long ways off, and it is. It, it's a, a work of a lifetime to yeah. to grow the courage that we need to be that kind of open and uninhibited and... It doesn't start um, in the beginning of your relationship. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. And people sometimes hearken back, oh, it was so great then, but usually early sex is very projective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what I want to think you're experiencing. It's not what I know you're experiencing. Yeah. It's effort, but it's worth it. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that's what, what people have to understand about relationships is that they're going to be hard work. Great sex, transcendent sex optimal sex is work right and in, in one path. sense it's, it's a it's, it's a, a progress path. yeah not a moment right and that's what yeah. you're that's what you're fighting for that's okay. why you're vulnerable right. like i think people need to know a lot of people why would i do this right the question yeah. is why would i be vulnerable why would i be that exposed why would yeah. i you know why would i not, keep working at it when, yeah. when it's hard right now when it doesn't come when it doesn't come easy and that's why because the, the end result is is lifelong sex, not yeah. just sex in your 20s and 30s, right? right, right. Or whatever it, whatever it is. It's <laughs> lifelong. It's all right. the time. Yeah. You there, Adam. Okay. <laughs> okay, optimal sex, um, better than orgasm. So you're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. Thanks for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much. the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.